0: Herb Alpern, Brass, and Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio, my guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making his monthly appearance. It's his monthly appearance. He's an editor at Fangraphs.com. It's Jeff Sullivan. Jeff Sullivan. And what follows, uh, as he does during each of his appearances, Jeff Sullivan provides an amusing and wide-ranging conversation, or I should say provides one-half to two-thirds of a wide-ranging and amusing conversation, including... Uh, Sullivan posits an ethical thought experiment about denuding oneself in front of a window, in front of his own window, discusses the embarrassment of uh, merely being alive, embarrassment uh, common to all people, and uh, provides some hot takes in the field of geology.
1: Some of them are pretty great. Some of them are boring. Sandstone. can suck it nobody cares about sandstone
0: this is a sort of edgy commentary one can expect from jeff sullivan what one can expect from carson sistuli also is a message from the sponsor the sponsor is draft the draft app are you familiar with either FanDuel or DraftKings? kings these are examples of daily fantasy games draft is also a daily fantasy game unique however and that is not currently in the public eye uh, for potential wrongdoings but also in that it is uh, designed It is designed for mobile devices exclusively. What you do uh, merely is to find a friend or an internet stranger already part of the draft universe. Uh, You each select by means of a snake draft five players, those five players accrue fantasy points, and either you or your opponent wins. Are you a confident sort of person? Then you can wager American dollars on these games. On these games is what you can do. But Carson, the regular season, the baseball's regular season is over, is something you might say, to which I would reply. There are also, this is still going on for the playoffs, so you can do that as well. Uh, Furthermore, there are games uh, for NFL football, college football, NHL hockey, NBA basketball, when that sport starts as well. I can only assume uh, that by now your interest is peaked, therefore you should know that to acquire draft, all you need to do is, uh, if you have an iOS device, go to, to the App Store, Android device, go to Google Play. You can find the app there. Begin playing immediately or something close to immediately. It is Draft. It's Draft app. That is the message from the sponsor. As I've noted, uh, a conversation with with Jeff Sullivan is to follow. What is it? It's Fangraphs Audio. It does feature senior editor Jeff Sullivan of Fangraphs.com. And it begins right now. to entertainment yes are you allergic to to producing entertainment <laughs> I, have
1: a, I have a number of allergies i i need to get in the flow of this i need to get in the flow of talking
0: okay how, uh well how about pop quiz yeah. two, how many people have you spoken today
1: uh one two now you are one i was no-
0: there was one brief there was one before you
1: there was one before you. <laughs> there shall be one after you, but it will be the same one. It
0: will be the same one. So you're really creating a sandwich. Uh, you're creating a uh, an awkward social sandwich.
1: Yeah. Socially awkward, you, yeah. And you would be the white bread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've heard that. First time. How are you? A, oh, well Very good. Uh not, no, no, not very good, no, <laughs> not, very, not I mean, very not very good for all the regular reasons, and then also uh, I've been experiencing some gastric distress as I related uh-huh. to you,
1: Jeff uh-huh. Sullivan, yeah, yeah, everybody knows what that means, mm mm-hmm. mhm, yeah, flu like symptoms
0: yeah, uh, what percentage of the time well, isn't it okay, let's begin uh with the understanding that I don't know anything, and then let's okay. continue with this question okay. uh. Well, see, I have a notion. It seems to me, someone has said before, that uh, if a player, when a player, especially a good player, is sitting out due to flu-like symptoms, that that might be a euphemism for hangover. Uh-huh. Uh, have you heard that same thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah, i definitely heard that. I suspect that's one of those things that maybe used to be a little more true than it is now, but uh, I think it's probably the kind of thing that still happens. hmm But oftentimes, I think players uh, also just get sick, because if you think about... How many people you have together in a room? A lot of those people have kids. A lot of them might have different immunities, and then uh, you're always traveling. So I, it's always a miracle to me when, uh, when like one player on a team gets really sick, and then the others don't. What I happens? Don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that happens.
0: Well, I could tell you one way it might happen is, uh, sometimes I play a. <laughs> for the last two years, I've been playing a demo version of Football Manager 2014, <laughs> and I do know that they give you an option when a player. Uh, when a player is suffering from flu-like symptoms, they give you an option to send him home. <laughs> um, so perhaps, uh, perhaps the um, baseball's 30 organizations are utilizing this function.
1: I would, I would certainly hope so. I would. One of the things that I enjoy most about working from home, around no one else, is that I work around no one else, and mm-hmm. there's no one who's who's trying to be tough and and play through pain, so to speak, and come to work sick instead of taking a sick day. Like this, this works to nobody's benefit.
0: Yeah. I know that also, you mentioned children. Uh, I know that, uh, I know people have children. Some people love children. They're like, it's likely that's their own children <laughs> now. Or they're somehow related. Um, I recently, actually last weekend, some friends visited and uh, brought their children and then my wife and I were immediately sick. Uh, uh-huh. correlation or causation? You go. Go. Uh, causation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What's the, what's the p-value on this test? Uh, it's you can't even see it. It's so small. So p-value is good. Low p-value is good, huh? That's my understanding.
0: Okay, <laughs> that, that
1: used to be my understanding, and then its elements of it are preserved.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I just like heard I, that today from reading. Oh, Jonah Pemstein did a piece looking yeah. at. Uh, did you see that?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I did.
0: Yeah, Jonah Pemstein wrote a piece on um, batted ball types, and uh, if if there was any sort of what's Oh yeah. Well, the basic conclusion is that if you it, success as a batter is likely determined uh, based on what you do on f- on uh, fly balls.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I suspected it, but uh, never never expressed so concretely is there. And I edited the piece, so I know I know, I know it pretty well. <laughs> At least as I know anyone else's piece. Um, but uh, yeah, he 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 uh, mentioned p values, and he suggested they're low. The low
1: ones are good. Yeah, low ones are good, and mm-hmm. I what I remember from my own statistics and, and scientific training is I remember things like the ANOVA test or the student's T-test. I don't remember what they are or how to do them, but I, I recognize them as words.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Punnett squares for genetics, which, as far as I know, might be out of fashion. I, I don't know, but uh, if you can... I think a, a key to making people believe that you are smarter than you are is to know terms that demonstrate that you know the terms, and right. then presumably no one will ask you to perform an ANOVA statistical test. Yeah, no one wants uh, to do in that. In front of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, uh, <laughs> but if I'm just, if I'm telling you right now, like, hey, yeah, I'm going over some Uris Familia stats, and I was gonna, I was gonna run an ANOVA test, but then we had the podcast, then that sentence sounds like a yeah. person who's smarter.
0: Is it, uh, can you get arrested for performing an ANOVA test in front of someone? <laughs> without with, <laughs> In public? For example, Uh is that this or is that the sort of thing you should do only uh, only in houses of ill repute?
1: Well, I guess it depends if you're uh, handwriting the mathematics on your genitals. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it does. I guess it does. Have we talked about whether or not it's a crime to change uh, in front of a window in your own residence if there are children, if there are minors walking by? Have we discussed this? I feel yeah. like we've discussed this.
0: Now when you say minors, I assume you're not talking about besooted Englishmen, uh, from the, <laughs> from the 19th century. True? True. <laughs> okay, so beso- besooted or sooty? Which is, a uh, sooty is a good yeah. word. Actually, sooty
1: so let's, is a good... Let's be sooted or besotted? Beso- well, okay, so let's go with sooty kids. Sooty, <laughs> no, know, they're, wait, they're, they're so, so the kids
0: are sooty. Alright, so the kids are sooty.
1: Yeah. As they do. Yeah, so, yeah. So, we so can wait, even say... Okay.
0: Do they have parents? If uh, let's, studio, say,
1: let's say, yeah. Let's say, hypothetical, hypothetically, they're walking to high school.
0: Okay. And, uh, you're getting, you're getting just right like, in. Like, oh, you
1: took a morning shower, right? Yeah. Hypothetically, again, I, this is not my current circumstance, this has been a previous circumstance. Hypothetically, <laughs> I have <laughs> taken a shower. Uh huh. And then I am to, uh, obtain my clothes. Yeah. I need new clothes, not the same ones I had on no, the floor. No,
0: don't put the same ones on.
1: Don't put the same ones on. What am I, uh, a a word that is an insult to myself. So you're going into the <laughs> into the other room to get your clothes and then yeah. you're putting the clothes on and maybe you just didn't think to close the window the day before because it's also your office. And you yeah, want the sure, window open. Right.
0: right, you want the window open maybe because it's summer too.
1: Yeah, maybe. It's nice out. Another more evidence that this story is uh is a hypothetical and not describing my current situation. <laughs> this is not something that I did today. Uh, but Yeah what no what, another uh, reason
0: is that it's um, it, this is at like 7:45 in the morning. If do you right. wake up at that time?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: 7:30, 7:15. All right. Well, we can talk about that a little bit. <laughs> right, less
1: so, less so during the playoffs with these goddamn baseball games going on, night.
0: Yeah, I know, stupid but, baseball.
1: So is it is it indecent exposure if you are exposing yourself basically through negligence that you didn't <laughs> block the window? Is it, <laughs> does, does, does indecent exposure require intent? I guess. I. My
0: guess is it does require some intent. Be- well, because well all right, so if you're actually out in public and something happens, like um, if you are a woman or a Scotsman, right, uh-huh. and the breeze um, the breeze uh, pushes up your skirt, you, yeah, blows uh-huh. up your skirt, in theory, your first reaction will be to reverse <laughs> reverse <laughs> course, right? You want, uh-huh. to, you want to dress the dress or your kilt to go down. Now, and, and I think it's very clear to everyone that you're making an effort not to, not to be exposing yourself. Um I think, something that's also just occurred to me is how attractive are you? Because I think, Am I? well, well, in hypothetically someone else. If it's, if it's a very attractive person, then I don't think that it's a concern to anybody. I think everyone uh-huh. celebrates it. You know? Uh huh. And, uh, and so I think by that point, but if you're, if you have a dog face, and dog other parts of your body.
1: Yeah, cuz the dog face that's always going to be on display no matter what. Yeah, right, right, it's but it's really the dog penis that's more more <laughs> yes. of a concern.
0: <laughs> yeah. if you yeah, if you if you're unappealing <laughs> all around, I think that people are more likely to report you. <laughs> and also they probably assume, rightly or wrongly, it, you know, if you're attractive, you don't need to do this to to have people People are probably inspecting <laughs> inspecting your body uh, pretty often.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You know, you probably have you probably have good luck f- finding partners. Um I will I will say, if I'm choosing my words carefully, it's because my mother-in-law is in the next room, <laughs> and she can <laughs> probably hear me. <laughs> um, so um, so yeah. So from my side, you're not going to get uh, as much. Uh, is uh, a yeah. is your
1: mother-in-law visiting to take care of you through your influenza spell?
0: No, but she did help because she's actually a registered nurse. Yeah, so good. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. I don't. It was just fake. It was flu-like. It was flu-like. So uh-huh. to answer your well, we're go, I'm gonna get back to flu-like symptoms before. Um. But anyway. Uh. Um. Yeah. I don't know. But if, if it's just your window, I think maybe there might be a there might be a na- a neighborly call might might mm-hmm. be satisfactory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you might. And if someone informed you, you might be. I think it, it would behoove you to be alarmed.
1: Right, because then, oh, so if sorry. you've been informed, then it the burden transfers to you mm-hmm. because you were. Then it is negligence, right. perhaps.
0: Yeah, I do think that. I, I think it's always going to be a question of the probability of you being reported. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? What's the probability? That, I mean, I think that. Let's see. Think about Jeff Sullivan. I don't. I, I don't think you'd be the the first one to be reported. You know, based on looks <laughs> alone. You know, your uh-huh. gender might your gender might might play against you, but it might not.
1: Uh huh. Mm. It's most likely to to play against me.
0: Yeah, it's most likely to play against me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. What are you? Do you have a, any thoughts on it?
1: Not any new ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a situation now where there's there's very young children who live next door. I'm in a second story office. Uh You brought, they, you
0: brought up the children in before, yeah
1: yeah but uh they they frequently play in the parking lot behind our building, yeah and if I am standing in certain areas, then I can see them out the window and they can see me back and uh and thus far, I have not appeared nude in the window <laughs> to my knowledge, but uh, I haven't gotten a knock or any sort of letter, so I don't yeah. think I've done anything wrong, but it's certainly something to be aware of
0: you know actually I remember the the first time um that I heard of something like this. Is uh, it was on, on my block, I think, when I was a kid. I lived in a cul-de-sac in Concord, New Hampshire, and I believe one of our neighbors, uh, she, w- it was a divorced woman, and I think that she, you know, she had like a whole house, so I think that she rented out a room. Uh, and this is before like uh, Craigslist or Airbnb. Maybe the chances of really being able to vet your potential, uh, your potential, lodger, uh, mm. were lower.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I don't know what he did. Uh, but the way my mom explained it to, to me was, it's when someone go when a, one person goes up to another and, and takes off his own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, maybe that's what he did. But I also think of, she might have been using uh, some euphemistic language.
1: Yeah, she, what is it? That's not just a flasher, right? Is it something else? It
0: might not have been a flasher. She honestly, she might have been trying to explain. Um, she might have been trying to explain the word rape to me. And she, oh, <laughs> but I was also six. And uh, and so, which 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 is a which is a more serious offense. But I think also you got to be careful what you say to a six-year-old. Probably. Uh-huh.
1: And in fact, yeah, they'll yeah. Six-year-olds they'll, will remember what you say a lot more than like a a twenty-six-year-old or or a thirty-six-year-old. <coughs> six-year-olds are clued in. They'll they'll remember that crap. But when you get older, then you just have your own things going through your head. So you're not really paying attention to anyone who talks to you. Like right now, I know we're both just entertaining our own thoughts. In the yeah. course of a podcast where we casually interact with one another, but when you're six, you were listening to all those rapey keywords.
0: <laughs> do you remember um, along those same lines? Do you remember at what age you learned um, you learned that Santa Claus was a um, you know like a mythical character?
1: Oh, it was a very young age. I'd, my mom was not a good liar.
0: Okay, okay. So what what, what are you saying approximately?
1: Uh, let's go five or six.
0: Okay, let's say five or six. Did she also add that you should not tell the other kids at school?
1: Oof. I, I don't recall, but I doubt she cared. Not her kids.
0: So you right, they're not her kids, but don't you feel – I mean, at a certain point, right, this is – a you don't have kids, I don't have kids, but you do have – it's an illusion that some people value a lot, right?
1: Some I think, would, allegedly.
0: I, I think this is true. I think I think I can believe that there are people, uh, and I think probably my parents were among them, who derive pleasure from no, from their kids um, believing in that Santa Claus exists, that Santa Claus delivers presents. They get very excited, and I think that if, if children if they have some value, it's that we can uh, live uh, vicariously, we can experience joy through them because it's hard enough. To, it's hard to generate it when you're older, mm-hmm. right? Because they they're full of wonder. These kids and and viruses, as we've discussed, <laughs> um, but they're full of wonder and they experience it. And you want and per- perhaps even for selfish reasons, you want to, them to keep experiencing it. But you also realize at a certain point it's not going to happen. Um, so I remember my mom told me a little bit older than you, maybe seven or eight, and but she added, um, not with the, not without some gravity. She said, "You do not tell people in school, you know." But I feel like uh, that same year there was a kid who was there was a kid who was going around. I feel like there was some kid or maybe multiple kids who really ex- who felt pa- who derived power from this knowledge.
1: Right, and, and the, it only takes entire. one, right? Because it can take one kid who tells yeah. you the Santa's not real, or it takes one kid with MRSA, and it's like, well, now the entire school is infected with this knowledge or disease.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was trying to imagine a five or six year old uh, Jeffrey Sullivan,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I was wondering if 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 he was if he was um, driven mad by power but, uh, and, and felt this need to tell all his classmates.
1: Now, key fact, uh, Jeffrey Sullivan, until probably about three years ago, did not like to talk to people, so I would not go out of my way. To <laughs> even as a child, tri- you, didn't
0: do, well, you did, this was a fact even when you were a, a little person?
1: Oh, God, talking is just the worst. I did not feel comfortable with talking, and even now, I uh, – I don't feel super comfortable, but I, I think you you grow up and you realize there's just you welcome the embarrassment of awkward social interaction because you have less less pride tied up in your social performance. So you just uh just kind of let go and things get easier.
0: Yeah, right. Well, it becomes not embarrassing because you realize um dude, what are the, what are the stakes? I mean, what are the stakes? Well, yes, it
1: it becomes less embarrassing because you are more open to embarrassments. Because you don't care and other people observe you as an older person and they already assume you are a certain level of embarrassing. And so they are less <laughs> less surprised by your embarrassing performance. So yeah. really uh it's it's bad to be socially inept when you're maybe in your early twenties and you want to make really strong impressions, but as you get older it doesn't nobody cares. You're of less value to everyone and, and you know it and you act as such.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well it's good to hear that you're coming to terms with that.
1: You know, I, I just turned 30 this weekend, so it's all coming down. Oh, you're now. 30, huh? Huh.
0: Oh well, happy birthday, Jeffrey Sullivan.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. Yesterday, I had my own flu-like symptoms.
0: Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you created your own flu-like symptoms.
1: I was uh, I think I had I had told uh managing editor of Pangea David Cameron that I was going to be around uh second half of Sunday, so watch a baseball game and then write something for Monday morning, and then I knew very quickly upon waking up Sunday morning I was not going to be around to write about the playoff game last night that was not going to happen
0: oh you were you were incapacitated all day more oh, or less
1: yeah he was he was an <laughs> What did you
0: do to yourself Jeffrey?
1: poisoned myself <laughs> yeah, as, i guess so it sounds else. like it and yeah. as i've learned in in hindsight others not nearly to the same extent so i was not What did a you go,
0: did you go to a, a a drinking a drinking house a drinking no. hole what do they <laughs> okay. call it? a watering hole a watering <laughs> hole
1: I a drinking house,
0: or the ordinary. Did you go to an ordinary, which I believe is an early colonial term for bar? Did you go? Did you visit your ordinary? Ordinary? Uh,
1: no, no, we visited an extraordinary. Renting an Airbnb cabin near Mount Hood. What? Yeah.
0: That sounds like something that you would like.
1: It, it was. It was <laughs> those things. There was a there was a a river, the Sandy River, that ran uh, out back of the cabin, and there was a hot tub also behind. Be the, the cabin, and so there was like I don't know a dozen of us or something there, and then uh, my have a dozen went, friends. Well, no, because some brought others. Okay, but <laughs> well, you know, like
0: the people you do know, where you're like, hey, do you have any friends? Because <laughs> we got we have enough beds. So we actually see?
1: we did not have enough beds. Oh, you didn't. But anyway, there's at some point my girlfriend went to bed, and then I was still up doing whatever, and. uh Toward whatever hour of the morning it was, I went out back in the dark to just kind of stick my feet in the hot tub. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend, shortly thereafter, came out uh, convinced that I had gotten too drunk and drowned in the river because she said that it, quote, seemed like the kind of thing I would do. Yeah. I don't know what that means, Uh, that maybe she thinks I'm depressed and suicidal, or just that I'm a complete idiot who would drown himself in a cold mountain river, but I was not. Uh, I was not dead in the river to everyone's great relief, except mine. I guess I wouldn't care.
0: You were you were in the hot tub. You were in the hot tub. Yeah, yeah a hot tub. <laughs> uh, that sounds good. I, I thought you were going to say that you vomited in the hot tub. No, no,
2: yeah. right, you, you kept it I, all. You kept
1: together. I avoided that particular flu-like symptom. Yeah. Just uh, felt like I wasn't about to. So
0: you. So yesterday was a rough day.
1: Yesterday was a rough day.
0: hmm Of your own. Yeah. Uh, of all of your undoing.
1: Of, of my own doing.
0: But it's a. Uh, here's one thing I like about, and it's it's less relevant now. But say in my early twenties, late teens, I was very I was a very anxious little guy, and in particular, I would say I was um, was very worried about uh, diseases, right? Yeah. And of course, anyone who used, I'd say part of it was probably the shock of uh, WebMD. I think WebMD had a lot to do with it, yep. because every symptom leads immediately to some combination of uh cancer or, or aids mm-hmm. uh, and so or well, maybe or cancer aids There's cancer AIDS, absolutely whole new disease that, <laughs> that you find on webmd and so this was at you know to some degree the advent of um, you know at least you know having a home compute you know home computing home home internet access and uh yeah i think i i was pretty much convinced that i that i had that every time and so and so I was often worried. The thing I like about the hangover, though, is you know precisely, <laughs> you know precisely what happened. You know all of the causes, and you have a pretty strong idea of the rate at which they'll dissipate. Uh
2: huh.
0: Yeah, that's a, this is. So you feel bad, but at least you feel bad, and there, are, and you know all of the reasons.
1: I think uh, that is absolutely true, and I, I I do enjoy knowing why a symptom is what it is because mm-hmm. I can accept that it, it's my own doing if I know that it's going to be better the next day. Um, I forgot where I was going.
0: You were going uh, to well, disagree with that partially, maybe? No, it sounded like you were. I don't. Uh,
1: no, it was no. going to be a good point too, but it's gone. Oh well, I Are think very, every, What
0: is what is memory loss symptom of?
1: <laughs> it's a symptom of a lot of things. Yeah, I think it is. I, I have it. I think for me, I can just blame it as a symptom of a brain injury that I sustained. But otherwise, it yeah, could be. you
0: kind of go to that a lot, though, Jeff.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do that so much, but I have this brain injury that limits <laughs> my memory, so I don't remember when I've done it before. I think every alcoholic beverage should be served to you uh, with a very casual, gentle, not naggy at all reminder that hey, just so you know, the more of these that you have, the worse <laughs> you're gonna feel tomorrow. And here you go, enjoy, drink up. Because I think it's the easiest thing in the world to have the first one, and then you think, well, now this is happening, the door's open, and I'm just yeah. gonna drink. And it and feels I good. Think it feels good. It feels really good. It feels like you only want to do that.
0: Yeah, you and feel like a, you feel like the, the funniest king. You feel like a king that does not even need a, uh, a joker. What do they call those people? What is the other word for those people? Who, uh, hop jester? around? Yeah, Jester. You don't even, you're your own court jester. Yeah. Yeah, that's how funny you. You're, that's sort of what sort of king you are—a very
1: novel type of king. Have you ever been one of those people who keeps a notebook to jot ideas down when you feel inspired?
0: Mm, I don't. I don't feel inspired.
1: All right. So when, I, when I create a
0: time of day when I make those notes, and I, maybe right. I cult Maybe I mine my memory from earlier in the day.
1: I think you can. You can have a really good plan for a. Okay, I'm going to drink, but I'm going to remember to have a lot of water. Yeah. I want to make sure I, I get enough sleep. I'm going to eat before I drink, and you can have all the intentions in the world, but they go away as soon as you have the first drink. And you think, okay, well, I'm just going to have another drink. I don't need water. This is basically water. It's just toxic water. So what could really be the problem? <laughs> so if you could just have one person be like, hey, you could just don't. Th- this could you could feel ill tomorrow if you don't handle yourself just a little better. Have a nice beer, and then they hand you the beer, and then you you drink it. Then you accept the reminder. Do you, and drink, then what,
0: you drink water? You,
1: I don't, or know, or I don't know I don't know how it would manipulate behavior but I feel like you would it would certainly do something and you would have some measure of hangover avoidance. Can you explain in say 3 minutes or less
0: precisely what a hangover is or generally what a hangover is?
1: Well no because medical science can't either. Oh really? The hangovers are very poorly understood at this point. I mean it's Here's what we know a hangover is. It's alcohol poisoning that you did to yourself. And there's nothing <laughs> – to this point, there is no single proven way to make a hangover better or to avoid a hangover except by not drinking poison on purpose right. that you do to yourself. And Part and of it so seems all, to be
0: dehydration, right?
1: Yeah. I, dehydration, I believe, is a component. But then there's also no compelling evidence to show that drinking more water while you drink alcohol makes any difference. Oh, and really? Still get, Yeah. Huh. So this is uh, this is of more interest to a friend of mine, but then that's knowledge that I then uh, take from his uh, posting about it. So he has more direct knowledge, and I have more indirect knowledge. But yes, to my understanding, it is a uh, hangovers are very poorly understood. Sleep is very poorly understood in terms of how it works, and uh, we right. know that it works and it's necessary, and you die without it. But we don't really understand every how it does the things that it, it does. Has,
0: it has considerable
1: benefits. Many Sleep. very. Very many, be- and you know, very few benefits from not doing it uh, for right. for the longer term. Uh, a number one drawback of not sleeping enough is you become a dead person. Yeah, and yeah. so we know we know that.
0: That would be uh, um, you, you mentioned uh, your own hypothetical suicide in a cold mountain river. Uh
2: huh.
0: Suicide, suicide by ins- by like a self-inflicted insomnia. Uh huh.
1: You know, you just say, I'm gonna stay up until I until I die. <laughs> I think it wouldn't work. It's like when you try to hold your own breath and you yeah. just breathe. I think at some point it just becomes automatic. You will pass out.
0: What if you hold someone
1: else's breath? Oh, you know, people do that all the time. it's
0: oh, yeah, called choking. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. <laughs> that's what happens when you choke someone. Uh, frowned upon as well. Yeah. Don't do that to the Don't do that to the neighbor children either. <laughs> It's, God, it's hard really to mental. accidentally joke someone though I don't know honestly, your honor uh <laughs> sees hands around my so I just give it a a, a deep throat massage
1: <laughs> accidental suffocation may be a little more possible if you're just like, I'm just gonna take a nap here, put my pillow down, yeah, I didn't realize there was someone else's head there
0: oh under underneath
1: it underneath where I put my pillow
0: but if someone starts if someone if you stop breathing in your sleep. By, like, that's so like an external means when you wake up, probably.
1: Uh, well, so if you stop breathing in your sleep, uh, my understanding, based on the uh, Dave Cameron
0: uh, experience... <laughs> Is you wake up your you, roommate? You <laughs>
1: wake up your roommate. You draw in, I believe, actually all of the air in the room. <laughs> uh, you create a vacuum, and then you have to expel that air uh, through the back of your mouth and your nose. <laughs> and uh, you you repeat this about 749 times an hour. Uh, and, you, I, and you drive your roommate insane.
0: Should be said. I don't know if he's actually uh, – if he's been tested for sleep apnea or anything. But I do know uh, – wouldn't that be um, – you've got to get that tested. you got to wear one of those iron masks or whatever.
1: I don't know if they're iron masks.
0: Well, you don't know. The, the, ar- the, the, iron ar- the, artisanally, the artisanally made ones are. <laughs> you can get those. I'm sure they are available in Portland. I bet the I bet the sleep apnea masks in Portland. I bet the options are very strong. Uh huh. You can find like a nice like a nice mahogany mask. Uh huh. What what are people looking for in masks? I don't know.
1: You know a, I don't know what people are looking for in masks.
0: A uh, a sleek ebony. car I mean, We have a ebony. sense
1: that people here would be would be pro mask because they they create hair masks with their own faces, right? So that we're already covered up. You got a hair mask? Oh, we mean like beards. A beard. I so said a be a beard. I mean, that's all it basically is, right?
0: Yeah. So hair, well, I don't know if it's all it basically is. <laughs> Literally. Anyway, I think we can all agree, right? I mean, a beard is just a it's just a head mask. <laughs> uh no, I don't know if I'll agree with that. I think, well, no, and the other thing is it is has it grown out of negligence frequently, right? Not when here. Go- huh?
1: No, I don't I don't think it's sure, grown out of yeah, negligence. It,
0: Right, people cultivate their they cultivate it to some degree, but all you have to do to grow a beard is is not shave uh-huh so if so the default setting on humans is beard or male humans <laughs> and and many Italian widows <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh um yeah, so you don't need to uh i, I think i mean to say that. Because the head mask, you talk about making a mask, that seems to be a purposeful activity.
1: I'm going back to now beards as the the default setting, and that's true. So being a shaven person means it's a setting you have to turn off every day or at least every two days depending on, on your background. But mm-hmm. you you're programmed. You have the sliders to the right that says beard on. And then you wake <laughs> up in the morning and think, "Well, work wants me to turn this to beard off. <laughs> I'm going to turn it to beard off, but it's going to go right back on when I go to bed."
0: Yeah, you have uh, you have uh, your settings on beard off, but I, your your uh, place of employment does not require it.
1: Well, yeah, there's not a, there's no beard, there's the stubble thing.
0: You get, wh- how often do you shave?
1: Uh, well, I haven't I haven't like shaved. All the way down to the skin since my mom got married in 2008. Oh, okay, but yeah. But just like a little... What do you use, like the
0: back of an electric razor or something? Or you have a, a beard trimmer? Just
1: like a beard trimmer, yeah. Beard trimmer, yeah. Is that well, the not, best? Too, not too dissimilar from what you have going on, although less mustachioed.
0: Yeah. And I honestly I don't mean to have the stubble Again, it's just a question right. of neglect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It really is un unfun to uh, to remove it. And so if you if your partner doesn't complain then what's the point?
0: Yeah, it's not that fun. Although at a certain point, and it's not the case for everyone, there is a certain growth there's a certain length at which it becomes unfun to have it as well.
1: And very unsightly. Unsightly is a big one.
0: It can be yeah, it can be one. Have you ever seen a picture of Zizek? Are you familiar uh, with Zizek?
1: If you give me the spelling and then ask me that question again in about five seconds, I will have a different answer.
0: Z i z e k. He's a Slovenian philosopher. Oh. Um, okay. And he <laughs> he has his beard. Are you uh, are you doing some work with Google Images right now? Uh, I certainly am. Yeah. Um, Zizek is uh, Zizek is fun. Uh, Slavaj. He, doesn't look like Slavaz, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> he uh, yeah he's a. He's a philosopher, but he he does a lot of work with uh, un, being unkempt.
1: Uh huh. I'm getting that.
0: Yeah, it, it, and it goes on to to more than just the face part of him. Um, but he's a lively he's a lively animated thinker, um, and even just some still images of that Um He uh, yeah, he looks like a like a woods person, but he actually is uh, out and about in culture all the time. I guess.
1: Yeah, he l- just looks. Horrible.
0: <laughs> He's fun though. Uh, there's some great quotes by Zizek. I, that's all I have to add on it. There are certainly people who are more familiar with his work than I am.
1: Would you um, consider him an uh, uh, an idol of yours? If not an idol, then what's a, what's a better word for mentor? Someone that you look up to, but uh, have no personal interaction with. Mm. Role model? I don't know. Do you strive to be a Zizek? No. 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 Okay. No. No.
0: No. no too much. Uh, too much. Too much writing. Too much. Uh, what I, What do I mean? Um, I mean like a uh, too long. The writings are too long.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like I've uh, I'm in a little bit of trouble right now. I think you somehow get out of it every time, but I'm uh, I'm currently in the midst of composing my Hardball Times annual piece. Uh, what do you mean I get out of it? What do you write it? I write every year. Oh, you do? You are you done yet?
1: Yeah, I finished by the deadline like weeks ago. Oh, you did. Uh. I was, I got I got tired of getting emails asking if I was done, so I finally did it.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, Paul Swiden, who's the editor of that publication, he uh, he's he he becomes a an emotional terrorist around this time of year.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to name drop, but uh, he is the worst.
0: <laughs> he uh, he's good though, and he asks you in such an innocent way, and I know <laughs> what he's really saying. He'll be like, "Hey, bud, how's it going?" And i be like, oh, "Yeah, Paul. Oh, Paul, how is it going?" I mean, well, I know what you're saying there. You could tell me, you could tell him every day until I finish this piece that my father didn't love me, aren't you? And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he didn't love me, but I don't need to be reminded of it every day until I finish my piece for you.
1: It's just a little, a little reminder that says, "I can't believe you don't have your shit done." Mm-hmm. This is an act of grave disrespect to me, to the project, to the yeah. site. Company. Yep. To and he covers it up.
0: But he covers it up really well. Sugarcoats yeah. it
1: just for this with his casual coolness and his oh, sense yeah. of humor. And yeah.
0: Paul Swiden. God. Swiden. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Every uh, every year I forget about the book until it's the toward the end of August. And then Paul asks, "So what's your topic for the book?" And I think, "Well," <laughs> and then I spend. 3 weeks trying to come up with a topic and then I spend 2 days doing the actual work but it's a uh, it's a good amount of stress for for me.
2: Mm, to is.
1: try to think of a topic worth exploring cuz like an evergreen topic those are not easy to to come up with. There's certainly there are certainly more ever, evergreen
0: trees than there are evergreen topics.
1: So many more evergreen trees.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, you want to know uh, uh, do you want to be introduced to w- what I consider an amusing term for a hangover. Yes. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but it is French.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, uh huh. And the the expression is goul de bois. Uh
1: huh.
0: Goul de bois. Meaning? Uh well, um, it literally means let's see, it literally means like face of wood or head of wood. Hmm. But a ghoul is sort of like the thing that you'd say for a, for like an animal. So it's not as much. It's more like a uh, yeah, like a muzzle, like a mm-hmm. muzzle. You know like oh. how like how an animal has a muzzle? It's
1: so like a wooden right. muzzle?
0: Yeah, a muzzle of wood. So, it's like an animal's face of wood. Yeah, it's so It's kind of like
1: what what Dave needs for a sleep app. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um yeah, let's see. Uh I was going to ask you a question. You you mentioned a little bit already. I've been thinking recently about uh I've been trying to think in an intelligent way uh about about what makes a place uh, uh, I, I, I ideal to live in.
1: Uh huh. I and mean, I noticed you've talked a decent amount about the walk scores, and you were doing such in our chat, our live blog a few weeks ago. For the oh platform. yeah, I was
0: asking about the walk scores. Someone found a couple of hundreds immediately. I guess, yeah. they, they knew those already. Yep. Uh, what, what do you? How do you feel about? I guess so. There are two things, right? Uh, one of them is objectively, like objectively, how well do you feel as though? the space, the space in which you live whether it you know it could be your, your specific house and then more broadly the area around you, how well do you feel it is designed to you know to um, facilitate happiness or, the, or as close as you're going to get to that mm-hmm. And then there is a I don't know if it's a subjective element right but it has to do with a sort of um, network you're able to create in a place. So for example, I think Portland is well designed I think where I live is well designed. However, I had some personal circumstances in that I was being from the northeast. I didn't live near any family, right, which was mm-hmm. part of it. And also, I would say that the landscapes were so, in some areas of, of uh, the northwest, were so alien to me that I ne- never quite felt comfortable. And so even though I would say objectively the place was well-designed, um, given, a, a con- given my own personal set of contexts, um, it was not ideal.
1: Landscapes being man-made or natural?
0: Mm, I think probably the the natural ones. Like if you, when you go e- like when you go east of, and of course I lived in Seattle before, but like when you go east of the of the Cascades, you go yep. east of Cascades. It's very uh, it's very dry. Is it like a what did you say call it a high plains desert or something like that? the high that? desert?
1: High, high desert, desert,
0: yeah. High desert, and then um, yeah, and then even even the is it lack of sun, uh, which I don't know. maybe – Maybe I think I don't know if, if natives of Portland are more likely to become accustomed to it, but uh, I didn't necessarily. My third year was a tough one. We had three sunny days over a three-month span during the winter. It was tough. Yeah,
1: it's not it's not pleasant, and that is kind of set in now. Recently, we kind of have the gloom going for a while. Okay, but uh, I I think there are enough breaks to adjust to it. My first winter here was was the most difficult. I became depressed uh, for the usual seasonal reasons. But uh, I think our our livability scores, if we were to create our own formulas, you might have a little more emphasis on on uh, the goings out, the locations where you might uh, yes you might find a supper club or whatever other things that are. Yeah, that I you like supper
0: clubs. I'm glad you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah they don't have. Uh, well, but that, that's also true though. In the, in the, in the Middle West, there were still some sort of like alien um, cultural. Uh, details that uh, uh-huh. you know that you know you never get quite used to. Or maybe or maybe well, I only lived three years in Madison, so could change certainly, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm wondering uh, for you, how well do you feel as though the you know the space around you is designed?
1: In terms of urban planning, I don't know anything, but I think that this. Uh, no, but for this, your
0: for for your to your tastes to your personal tastes.
1: Yeah, I this is this is where I love it. I don't know if I love it the most of all the places I've only lived in a few, but I like. Uh, I, I have less need to be in a city and the hustle and bustle, but I know that if you if you go to a more rural location then it's gonna be more difficult to have a social network, which is uh quite important for mental health mm. and so i I feel like I've arrived at a good uh a good equilibrium for having my time having other people's time and being uh proximate to the outdoor locations I most enjoy. I wish I were maybe a half hour closer to manhood, but other than that I'm I'm very content and the greatest problem uh, at this point is however how many other people are settling on Portland is also being their location of contentment because the city is getting too big too many people it doesn't have the capacity for all these people so more expensive.
0: More, expensive more
1: expensive huh far more expensive and uh yeah I don't need to go Portland doesn't have any citywide uh, rent control Mm. policies. So it's just kind of uh people can charge what they want, and there are the people who will pay that money, which is a problem. It is not unique to Portland, but there are a lot of people coming out here trying to make it the new Bay Area because no one can afford the Bay Area anymore.
0: Do, do you so, think that, uh, are there any uh, discussions about potentially introducing some sort of rent control?
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I That is beyond my my knowledge, but I think that it's a situation where if I were in a different relationship circumstance, then maybe I would no longer live where I live. But this is uh, this works for now, and I'm fond of it as long as I can afford it. Yeah, but it doesn't really make sense to be a blogger who works at home and live in a super expensive place.
0: Uh, it doesn't. Well, no, it doesn't because you're not. You're not. Yeah, you're not there. You're not benefiting from any sort of uh, what cost of cost of living uh, adjustment.
1: Right. You don't need to worry about your commute, really.
0: No. Your commute's zero.
1: My commute, my commute is zero. But it used it's to be nice,
0: it's, it's nice to live in a place where you can walk around, though, don't you think?
1: Yeah, although as discussed earlier, I'm still not sure if I can walk around naked in front of the windows.
0: <laughs> is that a deal breaker for you?
1: <laughs> well, it has been <laughs> so far.
0: Wait, if you were to live a half hour closer to Mount Hood, that, would that be living in Gresham?
1: Oh, God, no. No, it would be more like, I don't know, Cascade Locks but I don't want to live in Cascade Lock this miserable. So I don't know. I don't know what the ideal is, but this is this one's pretty nice. I guess yeah. Bend, is, Bend is pretty solid. Good compromise. Would you live in Bend? I would. You know, if I could just, like, uproot eight or ten friends and that we just all move together, like as a clan. Yeah. Then that would be ideal. I don't want to start over. I'm too old for that. So you're saying just like a Ku Klux
0: Klan is, that, is, what, <laughs> is what you're trying
1: to create? We even <laughs> all have costumes. <laughs>
0: We're gonna dress like ghosts, but but ghosts who are also those guys who are put in the corner when they're bad.
1: Well, yeah, we want the hats so that we don't collect snowfall in the mm-hmm. winter. We don't want the hats to collapse. We want a-frame hats. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. Yeah, they're just simple a-frame hats. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an elegant design.
1: Mm. All right. Well, I was I
0: was just curious about that.
1: And we want little, little plus signs on our uniforms to designate that we are positive people.
0: <laughs> what do you? Uh, so what? Is, so you think uh, proximity to to mountains is a, is a important for you? Yes. Hmm. But you don't necessarily want to live in a mountain town. It sounds like.
1: I don't know. Kind of depends on the size of the mountain town. Because I like going. I think a lot of people like going to mountain towns uh, for like the weekend or maybe a long weekend. Yeah. But then the thought of actually living in one and you have the seasonal come and go you have just the same places around you and not a whole lot of variety fewer people around yeah. you it just gets a little more a little more mentally challenging i imagine unless you like have a big family in which case then that's all your time right there you
0: could do some work on research on the best best towns that are also in mountain in mountainous areas uh huh like well I've, i don't know i lived in uh, Missoula Montana yeah and uh, that's, that place is surrounded by mountains.
1: Yeah, that place is pretty nice.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. There's a mountain on the campus of University of Montana.
1: Yeah, that mountain happens to show some of – well, have we talked about lake, Glacial Lake Missoula before?
0: Uh, no, I'm prepared to uh, – no, I don't think so. I mean, hey, listen, I think everyone's looking for a second conversation, even if we
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> glacial Lake Missoula. So Glacial Lake Missoula is, uh, is a glacial lake that formed uh, – in and around Missoula, Montana. Yeah. This took place, oh, God, tens of thousands of years ago in the previous ice age. And so there was a, a glacial dam that formed from uh, from ice, and so a very giant state-sized lake developed in that part of the continent. And then as the as weather warmed briefly and the ice am would break, then the water from the glacial lake would flood out, and it would charge toward the sea along the path of, of least resistance. And so it is the, the constant, uh, reforming and breaking of that glacial ice dam that led to the floods that led to the creation essentially of the Columbia River Gorge as, uh, Rudd, as, <laughs> Rudd, flood water rushed down the gorge and scraped <laughs> the sides of, the sides of the gorge, scraped the walls. And so Portland, uh, it's estimated the location of Portland, which is basically at sea level, was during the height of these floods, it was it would have been underneath roughly four to five hundred feet of water, uh, because Portland is on a, a big flood plain, and uh, and so these floods would just rush down the gorge in parts of Washington over and over and over again. I don't know how many times it's estimated to happen, fifty times, two hundred fifty times, I don't know, but the the lake uh, would form in and around Missoula, and every time it would reform, they would have a new surface level of wherever the water would be. And you can see, I think, on that hill and on some other hills around it in Montana, you can see the ancient shorelines of where the lake uh, would be uh, before it flooded uh, out west the next time. And so you can see sort of, I don't know, lateral striations, I guess, on the hillside. I would on love hillsides. to. I would
0: love to. I would love to see those. I would love. To, now knowing this, I would love to be back on those same hills.
1: Yeah, it looks. It's pretty incredible. And if you drive east in the Columbia River Gorge. There are areas where you can look at the side walls, and the walls can be upwards of a thousand feet tall. You've been in the gorge before. Yeah. And you can see scrape marks where the floodwaters would just basically scrape boulders across the the sides of the gorge and just remove a bunch of topsoil and, and rock and land and stuff. And so you can just, you can see evidence of how, where the flood was, how high it was, how it was behaving, what it had, what it was dragging with it. And it's, it's one of those things that makes you, Recognize how powerful nature is, and how small your place is, and how old the world is, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, all that things junk, that, right? Things that are inspiring of being in nature.
0: Yeah. Is it okay? Some uh, some of what you all right the the way you described it and the conclusion you reached, um, I that's great. And I you know I have this occasionally uh, walking the dog and you look up and uh, you gaze upon the stars and you say oh those are just those are giant. Fiery balls, <laughs> and uh, they're so big, and I'm uh, I'm tiny, and I I I always find that actually I I derive some peace from that because I say well, that's great because nothing I do is of any great consequence, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. actually I I, I find uh, some pleasure in that. Right. Um, <clears throat> the thing you just said, the way, the way you said it is great, but um, when I'm actually out there, I don't feel that. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the uh, so maybe maybe uh, like a like an annotated tour of nature with Jeff Sullivan would be, <laughs> or, or, or just one of those in general. It's nice to know how old things are. I like I like that. That sounds great. But well, when you're out, how often? I'm sorry. Well, even if I see it from the bus, it's like it looks so mossy. Sometimes it's nature is <laughs> mossy, you know, and damp. Uh-huh. It's mossy uh-huh. and damp. And
1: I, a lot it of damp. Looks,
0: it looks un- it looks unpleasant from that. I think well, I should probably wear I need I don't even have the right shoes. You know. Uh-huh. You know you know there's no shoe there's no right shoes. Well, I mean most, sho- most shoes are pretty good for looking at a star, you know, you just uh-huh. go outside and oh there's stars. All right, you know your dog uh uh performs uh it's <laughs> uh, your know, gastric uh exercises. Huh? Yeah. And then you go back inside. But to go out into the nature, you know, you need usually some sort of clothes because it's so
1: mossy and damp. But <laughs> well, then the moss, the damp moss, uh, if you dry it out, can make for a, a reasonable bed. So there's there's always there's always an upside to the downside. Well, it's not always an upside. Sometimes it's just cold and yeah. but I, how often when you're outside? So it seems to me that you so you bring up the example of looking at the stars and you you recognize how that can. Put your life in perspective and all that good stuff, but yeah, the cosmic,
0: that, is, uh, the cosmic size.
1: So, are these things that you recognize in retrospect and you don't feel necessarily in the moment?
0: No, with the stars, I can, I can, I can. Uh, they can facilitate that moment whenever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But nature, not so much. Nature, like I, I gotta look, I see a bunch of rocks. I guess maybe if I knew more, you know, if I knew more, mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. pretty easy with stars. You say it's giant fire gas in this way out, <laughs> and you're like, that's impressive. You know, that's impressive to, for it to be out there.
1: Yeah, distances away you can't even fathom.
0: Yeah, I can't even fathom. That's what, that, And that's part of what I say. I say, I can't even fathom how far away that is. How, However, the furthest it could be in my dumb mind, it's further. You know, and I'm, tra- I'm sort of trained mm-hmm. to, to know that that's where... But I see a dumb rock. You know, but rocks, rocks must be pretty great, right? They're old.
1: Some of them are pretty great. Some of them are boring. Sandstone can suck it. Nobody cares about sandstone. But there's, there's some pretty, pretty cool rock. I mean, just being in, in, uh, Hamden, Connecticut, as we're talking about this again, yeah. I remember my brother, uh, took me to a place that was called, I think, East Rock Park, or maybe it was West Rock Park. I don't know. There's both. But the, the parks would have displays of how old glaciers carved the landscape into what is observable today. And so I don't know if there's any, any explanation that can make Hamden compelling, but there's, there's certainly, Background. They try. they can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're trying really hard. Mm-hmm. But there, there is some background that can give you just some sense of scale and and time. And I think what I like about uh, a volcano is just you go to one and you look at the scale of the thing and then you think how much earth this thing has moved and it just it doesn't make sense. You look at even like a moderate eruption like Mount St. Helens and you look at what happened because of it and you think, well, this is this is still something – so powerful, nothing humans can do can come even close yeah. to replicating the strength of of this event that just happens naturally. That's, pretty big. That's pretty amazing.
0: You uh, um, I, uh, would you agree that in to some degree, um, a town's motto is an opportunity to, um, n- not to sell others on the on the notion that that the town is great. Sure. Has promise. Uh huh. Um, represents the civic pride, perhaps. Uh huh. Um we mentioned Hamden, you were trying to make Hamden, Connecticut great. What do you what do yeah. you suppose the down motto is for Hamden?
1: You are reading this motto.
0: Land of the Sleeping Giant.
1: Oh, okay. Is that, that a reference sense. to that giant thing? Uh, sleeping Giant is a another natural park, state park, I don't know what it is, but it's nearby. And what it is is a hill with some rocks that from a certain angle. Uh, is said to resemble a sleeping giant. It is not more interesting than I have just led on to you, <laughs> but that is what it is. And uh, and my brother showed it to me from a different area. He said, I think that's the sleeping giant. And I looked at it and I thought, is it? And he said, I, I think that is sleeping giant. And I, I asked him again, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I think that's it. And I said, so what is sleeping giant? And he said, well, it's a hill that from a certain angle, which is not this one, resembles <laughs> a sleeping giant. And I thought, okay, let's go. Home.
0: <laughs> uh, Hamden, Hamden um, in the last, whatever, say 10 years, has twice appeared on uh, different lists for best places to live or best small cities. CNN, 53rd on CNN Money's list of America's best small cities in 2012,
1: 2008. Is that, is that the list of America's best small cities to live in, New Haven adjacent? <laughs>
0: now that you mention it. Now you mention it. Subtitle. Uh, Yeah, and then there's a hundred hundred best places to live and launch.
1: Live and launch?
0: Live and launch. Uh Uh-huh. Launch what?
1: Launch your Rockets. It's allowed. (laughs) It's how they, they it's how they're trying to attract a space program. Houston Houston East. It's it's North one East? of the top twenty five places in Connecticut to live named after Ham. <laughs> How's your running going? Oh, I ran the race. Oh, you did. You're done. Yeah, I did it. Oh, when was it?
0: Uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, it worked out. Well, now I feel negligent. So no, it's fine. You, uh, we have it on you, once a it, month,
0: Jeff. I don't know if you noticed that. Roughly once a month.
1: Once a month. <laughs> once okay. a month. So you uh, you did okay. You you alive?
0: Bro, yes, broke the 2 hour mark. Finished uh with just under a 152. I think it's pretty good.
1: Did you beat your wife? <laughs> Let <me hold> on. <laughs>
0: That's Pull not funny. That. It's not funny. It's no, the sentiment <laughs> it, the sentiment is not funny. The <clears throat> accidental accidental uh, phrasing was funny. Uh, in in no way no in, in zero ways have i beaten my wife recently um, uh,
1: there was a i'm sorry to interrupt what i just remembered there was a, a part uh when we were driving out to the cabin over the weekend that uh my girlfriend was telling me about the layout of the place and she said uh to me do you really think we're going to have sex in the cabin with all of your friends and i thought <laughs> well this is a this is a sentence where a comma greatly changes the meaning <laughs> of, of the sentence yeah that is that is the extent of it Man, eats uh. shoots
0: and leaves, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so you uh you Yeah, things, you're,
0: yeah, very happy. Face you, face. Very happy. Have you ever run one of these things?
1: I've never done uh one of those uh no.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you do I mean you yeah, you do fine, right? You run all the time?
1: Well I'm interested. So uh my my mom does not get uh the adventurous spirit so much in terms of physical challenges. Yeah. So uh last time I was home we were watching a movie about uh climbing team trying to summit K two and she was asking me off and on like why do people do this?
0: Yes, yeah,
1: my which was, is was a perfectly legitimate question and there was one guy who explained that uh he did it because he likes to hear his heart race and he just wants to push he wants to find out how hard he can push himself. And as simple of a thought uh as as that is, I think that might be the greatest validation for any sort of physical act because we're here to to do what we want to experience the world that we should want to experience ourselves and see in how many directions we can go how how far we can push ourselves in in multiple directions and so now you know that your limit is beyond a half marathon for example yeah but but all right, so
0: the reason I ran <laughs> uh, is is uh to is. A lot of it has to do with my my marriage. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And, uh, so, um, yes, I would say a secondary, right, a secondary benefit is that I, yes, I was, I was pleased. Uh, I was pleased by the end of it. I would say, though, that the thing is, uh, to your mother's point, that maybe the reason she's curious about is because it, it would seem as though those people who have to push themselves to the limit by climbing K2, uh, um or anything of the sort is it maybe you don't have enough maybe you do you don't have enough obstacles in your life at the point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You so here's saying? a big one? Yeah, here's yeah, here's a big one. Like for for some people, uh food and beverage. Food, just getting food and beverage into your hands, that's that's uh-huh. a challenge. Right? Or decent housing. Yeah. And uh that's all they need out of life's challenges, right? So someone who needs to to um uh, what uh, m- Mount remonté, well, How do you say? It? Climb, climb a mountain. <laughs> mount a peak. Who needs to mount a peak? Summit. Mount to summit.
1: Summit. Uh, it might, uh, summit as a verb.
0: Oh, to summit.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. This, mount is also a noun too. Mountain, noun and a verb. Yeah. yeah anyway, needs- uh, <clears throat> those who feel inclined to do that, it, you might suggest. Well, uh, maybe uh, maybe there's a challenge out there. Maybe you're not. Maybe you haven't been challenged enough.
1: It is uh it is certainly a sport of the privileged yeah. I suppose because it is people who have the means to put themselves in a horrible situation on purpose.
0: And it well it doesn't yeah. necessarily there there seem to me to be aspects of it which which don't need to be privileged because right like if you're just I know that you like bouldering is that right? Right. Now bouldering to me seems very simple right you just go out and you're like oh there's a thing I wonder if I can climb it. Yeah. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah, but then like any activity, you think, okay, there's a bigger thing. I wonder if I can climb that. There's a harder thing. I wonder if I can climb that, and you just you go from there. But it's always it's interesting. So I've read a lot about the old British expeditions to Mount Everest. I'm reading now about a climbing expedition to Denali. I have a book here on, uh, written by Tenzing Norgay, or I'm sorry, it's written by Tashi Tenzing, the uh, Mm -hmm. the son of Tenzing Norgay, the first one of the first two people to summit Mount Everest. But you, uh, without fail. When you're reading about these early expeditions to great peaks, you will have the, uh, the white man who is there with a climbing party and they will, uh, encounter the, the local natives, whoever they might be, whether that's in the Himalaya area or whether that's in Alaska or anywhere else. And someone will be a translator, there will be communication between parties and then the locals would be like, Hello, what are you here for? And the white man will say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna go climb that." And then the na- natives will say, "That's stupid, though," <laughs> the, and they just have no interest in in doing it.
2: Yeah,
1: why would which you do that? Is, is... right. If if they, these the places tend to be revered, uh, not always holy sites, but they're just frequently will be sacred locations, homes of gods. I mean, they're like in inconceivably large peaks, but the people who live nearest to them will be like, nope, not for us,
2: <laughs> and then you'll have
1: this, this outsider come and, and be like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm probably going to die, but I'm going to try to get up on that so I can see the area around me a little better uh, than I do a mile below, which is interesting, and it's interesting to think of the people who consider it a valid pursuit and people who don't, but then I guess... When you have privileged explorers and those who are exploring are the ones who are privileged privileged enough to be able to do so, then they'll encounter people who who do need uh who have a little more of a struggle to get the bare necessities and uh and those people are generally not even going to think of trying to climb a thing just because it's there and you can.
0: Have we hey.
1: Hey. hey
0: have we talked about the ascent of rumdoodle? Yes we have. Oh,
1: yeah, in the the previous podcast or the one before I think oh. the one before,
0: oh, yeah, and were you familiar with it?
1: I was not, I am now,
0: oh yeah, well, it, yeah, because it's a uh, it's a parody of these chronicles, the, the mountaineering chronicles, uh-huh. and yeah, the people are the, part of the joke too, because you mentioned usually, yeah, there's the white dude, um and then there are the natives in this one, the natives the natives have no problems climbing the mountain, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the white dudes have quite a few quite a lot in the way of problems. And then, uh, but they take the credit. It's not as cynical as that. It's, uh, the, that cynicism is, um, offset heavily by the, the comedy jokes.
1: <laughs> well, the, uh, the first person to officially set foot on the summit of Denali was actually an Athabasca native, if that makes any difference. Mm. I don't But he was, mm. he was part of a, a white person clowning party.
0: Yeah. What, yeah. do you know of a mountain, do you know of a mountain, a mountain called Annapurna?
1: Yes. Yeah, there's a famous, pretty accessible trekking circuit that goes around it.
0: Oh, have you ever done it?
1: Uh, no, I have not yet been to Nepal.
0: Do you want, oh, is that an ambition?
1: Yeah, I think probably late next, oh, about a year from now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Will you need help? What? Will you need help while you go up it? Oh, uh, not going to summit the mountain. Uh, oh. I am not, I am not a Himalaya climber. But there's, there's a, there's a circuit that goes around it, so it circumnavigates the mountain.
0: Oh. And it's, uh, what, uh, pretty or something?
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) Although actually, if you read, like, the, the old journals and chronicles of the initial explorers to the area, they just talk about how desolate and gray and horrible it is. So maybe it's not so pretty.
0: Oh. Well, I guess you'll find out, huh? I guess. Well, for a year, if you make it, if you don't uh, find yourself swept
1: down any rivers. I, I guess I could die. But again, it's so not my problem if that happens. That's a good point.
0: Well, uh, you know, you, a couple of things are happening. One is uh, uh-huh. we've just crossed the one-hour threshold of our conversation. Uh-huh. Another uh-huh. thing is uh, um, I have plans with my wife and uh, mother-in-law to go to uh-huh. a local pub for dinner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, we should probably—I should probably get about doing that, uh, lest I lest I anger both of them.
1: Well, I, I certainly wouldn't want you to do that. Do you have any intentions of running again?
0: Oh, um, I, I yeah, I continued training until I, um, for a while and then I, I encountered some gastric distress.
1: Unrelated. <laughs> Unrelated. Oh, so that's, so that's twice recently you've had, you've experienced gastric no, distress. No, no,
0: it's been, ha- it's been an extended period. It turns out, um, while I think it was originally initiated by, by an actual sort of, qu- um, quasi flu, mm-hmm. um, which was accompanied by chills and fever etc mm-hmm. um i think that it's actually perhaps due to a um an antibiotic that i'm taking called mm-hmm. augmentin for a sinus infection okay yeah so i believe in the uh, if you look at the the case it says uh it does suggest that diarrhea is one of the <laughs> big is one of the big side effects
1: well it sounds like it's augmenting your health <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know it's not it's, not as, it's hurting. It's, I had to eat a lot of bread. A lot of bread with... Uh, I had some apple butter. That was pretty good, I guess. Yeah.
1: But, bread with apple butter, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that was the best I've done. Yeah, otherwise, pretty plain. I'm going to... I don't care tonight, honestly. I'm going to have a beer and maybe a delicious beef stew.
1: Mm, okay, well, I I am going to send you on your way, and I hope that you have only the merriest of times.
0: Jeff, it was a, it was a real pleasure, uh, not only to talk to you, but also for you to volunteer to write the uh, rest of my Hardball Times piece.
1: I will do so under your name.
0: Okay. Looking forward to it. Uh, what do you think it's going to be about? Uh, farts. I can tell you what I've started on. What what'd you say? <laughs> farts? Farts.
1: Yeah. Historical nerd farts.
0: Actually, I'm doing historical nerd.
1: I know you are. I saw the topic list. Oh. Uh, Sorry. Uh,
0: so there's a lot of farts in there. Well, a lot of parts. There's going to be – there will be at least one sentence in the piece on David Hale.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. David Hale, who was lights out for two starts uh, in 2013. <laughs> he really was. Two I believe starts, you. Two starts, strikeout rate 30, uh, uh, over, just above 30% and a walk rate of uh, only 2%. 63% ground
1: ball rate. You know all this does is make me think that Rich Hill probably isn't good, yeah, well, who knows? well we don't know yet we will he will soon we will soon, yeah
0: that was that was four starts
1: the The neat thing about David Hill, I guess in that year is that he got to have those starts and then it was it was just over like the se- the season was done, so th- his record will forever show that as his season. It's not like he just had two starts in the middle of. Being David Hale the rest of the season. He just had that.
0: I'm pretty sure, yeah. 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 Yeah, David, right. David Hale did that right at the end of the season. And that was it. And yeah. I'm guessing they were, uh, it was late season call but Yes, it was. Both September starts.
1: He and had. Was yeah. that with the Braves? Yeah, it was. And then he went to the Rockies and God knows yeah. what sense.
0: He had, uh, yeah, his, his debut start of that year. In fact, it was his, it was his major league debut. Oh, this is something to talk about. Major League mm-hmm. debut, five innings home against the Padres. Uh twenty batters faced, nine strikeouts. And then seven of ten batted balls, seven of the, the ten batted balls were ground balls.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very good.
0: That's great. That's really great. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great, David Hale. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. So there you go.
1: So hmm. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else.
2: Alright.
0: Yeah. Have that on my desk by tomorrow morning, please.
1: Uh, Alright. So I have to print it out remotely?
0: Yeah. What do you think about for a title, Jeff Sullivan has flu like symptoms?
1: Uh for this? Yeah. Well I, Jeff Sullivan had flu like symptoms.
0: Jeff Jeff Sullivan's how about Jeff Sullivan's flu like symptoms? Because the use of the past tense in a title does not seem to be particularly compelling.
1: That's true. Jeff yeah, Sullivan, because you want to make this as compelling as possible. Yeah, that works.
0: All right. All right. Hey, Jeff, it was a real pleasure. Why well, don't you stick around for one moment? Uh, but in the meantime, I would like to thank you for uh, for your appearance in Fangraphs Audio.
1: Thank you for allowing it.
0: Yeah, that has been uh, Senior Editor <laughs> uh, Jeff Sullivan. I'm Carson Stooley. This has been Fangraphs Audio.
1: Extra Senior Editor.